Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. M-S-W Media. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela, and welcome to The Final Word! The Final Word with Frangela! The Final Word. 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 We want to thank you for joining us here in the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and at MSW Media. Because you have fabulous taste. You're brilliant. You're amazing. Also want to thank those of you who are our Patreon friends. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And those of you who are considering it, stop considering and start doing. It's the season for giving. It's the season for giving. We thank you so much. And anybody, we know that it's hard to do, but it is the absolute best way to support the work we do and our podcast and just Black people in general. Yes. So go to patreon.com, put in Frangela and become a Frangelista. And you know what you get? You get three micro idiots a week. That's right. Every week, whether you want them or not, you're going to get them. You're going to get them. You're just going to get them. And they're hilarious. And of course you want them because they're hilarious. And speaking of hilarious, you can go to cameo.com, put in Frangela, and we can give you a hilarious, loving, warm, specialized video just for you. That's right. It's a great gift, too. You can give them as a gift. Also, did you know, Angela, that you can still get access to the pay-per-view show we did in Los Angeles? Oh my goodness. I hope that was true, but it is. Yes. You can go to sexyliberal.com and watch, I mean, Hal Sparks, John Fugel saying, Mama, Us, Ron Perlman, Glenn Kirshner, Malcolm Nance. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You should be watching it right now. And yes. we have another upcoming Sexy Liberal Indictment Tour show in January in San Francisco at the Herbst Theater. Yes, go to sexyliberal.com, find all about, about, about all of that, and always join us every Friday for the third hour of the Stephanie Miller Show, because I know you've been listening to the first two hours and they're all during the week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been listening to the first two. Of course you have. Of course you have. But when we going to be there, it's every Friday in the third hour, okay? So join us there, because it's going to be lit Lit, lit this week because we had a show the other day. Ooh, baby. This show was an amazing show to um, watch. Um, those of you who didn't watch the Republican, the third Republican presidential debate, I don't blame you, number one. Well, first of all, you know who didn't watch it? Oh, I bet I can guess. Who didn't watch it was Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, it's too long for him. Okay. He has no respect for the process. Uh, you know what? That is such a nice way to put his attitude towards democracy. It <laughs> <laughs> is, is the nicest way to put it because this man fomented an insurrection. Yep. <laughs> so 
Yes, he has no respect for the, the process. Well, he's proven he proved that when he ran for election the first time. Yes, that's right. Because he wouldn't participate in every debate then. He don't care about the debates. Why? Because what is there to debate? No, there's nothing to debate. It's either it's my way or the highway. And I think that that is what Republicans love about him. It has taken me a really long time to understand, to be to begin to understand yeah. that this love affair with this man. What it's based on. What it's based on. And mm -hmm. the kind of deep familial mommy daddy peace it gives for people who need that or want that or have that worldview. You know what? That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And I think for me, you know, I haven't understood the complaint that President Obama or President Biden were, I've heard this said all the time by a lot of right-wing people, um, that they were divisive, They're the most divisive presidents we've ever had. And I've been like, how does that make sense? doesn't make sense. I mean, to get him elect, either of them elected, it was an unprecedented number of people voted. Like, right. And then I finally realized that when I read this interview with Suzanne Summers um, when she died, and because she was a MAGA head. And in, in the interview, she talked about how divisive she thought President Obama was, and he was the most divisive president. And then when she kept talking and explaining that, I realized what they mean. What they mean is I feel divided from That's the country. Right. Not That's that right. the country's divided, but I because they center themselves in every question. That's right. In the most narcissistic, myopic way possible. For when somebody says that, what they're saying is I feel divided from everyone else. I feel like I can't voice my reactionary crazy opinion without being called reactionary and crazy. And I don't like that. Yep. And Trump was the place that I can do this. I can say really ignorant, uninformed retro horribly so regressive ideas and be celebrated for it rather than at all judged at all critiqued or challenged in any way well speaking of not being challenged in any way going back to this third republican presidential debate i felt that there was very little attention paid to what was you know, clear and blaring from the American people was their stance about abortion. And for me, NBC did not hold these people to task. To me, the first question out of people's mouths should have been, what is your response to the American people who very loudly since 2022, really since 2020, 2022 have been saying, Look, we don't like the repeal of Roe. We don't like Dobbs. We don't like this. But they they won't they weren't held to account. No, it was like 90 minutes or something before they got anywhere near the question. And then it got a very short amount of time. Yes. And, and uh, Nikki Haley was allowed to sort of mollify or, uh, you know, launder her opinion into something that sounded reasonable. <laughs> Well, this is what I said day uh, back to the first Republican debate. I said, Nikki, watch out for Nikki Haley because she is the only one that you could. It seems as though you could have a rational conversation about abortion with. Yeah, but here's the problem. Number one, this whole debate, what was difficult for me to start off with it was. Watching that debate is a lot like t 
tuning in to the competition for the people who didn't get to go to the Olympics. Yes. And, and it's like, why am I watching this? Thank you. Rather than watching the Olympics, I'm going to watch the people who didn't make it have a competition someplace That's else. That's right. Like, that was my real problem, because what they're vying for is a very, very, very distant number two. 40 points distant number two. And, and w w really what these people are saying is, what they're really saying is, my hope is he will be jailed or dead, and I can run up and take this place and warm this spot. But that is not support. Because I don't know that that 40%, in fact, I'm going to say it right now, I don't think that most of that 40% transfers to whoever the nominee is. Like, there's a good 20 or 30% of that that's not going there, that just won't vote. You know what I love? My, my favorite thing about this entire, entire, entire Republican debate is Ramaswamy. Oh, I am girl. in it for Ramaswamy. Let me tell you something. Bitch. I'm with you. Um, he is everything. Everything. He is everything. He delivers on every crazy point. And can I tell you though, it did hurt my heart, Francis, as I tried, as I was telling you earlier, it hurt my heart to see this Indian on Indian rhetorical violence. <laughs> it's not right. It's not right. It's not right. It was rhetorical violence inside the community, and that's not okay. It's not that's okay. Not okay. Be clear. None of these people are voting for either of your brown butts. Not. Not. <laughs> never. Be, be, no. No. Deep within your soul. And this is my thing about Ramaswamy. He is such a ball. Number one, I don't think his testicles have dropped, but mm. he is such a ball licker. And when he, and, and I'm just going to say it to close, put your hands over the children's ears right now. When he doesn't have Trump's balls in his mouth, he licking Elon Musk and yeah. Joe Rogan. And yeah. I'm like, how can you formulate an idea with all that ball sweat in your mouth? Well, that is, you know what? I believe they're going to be discussing now on MSNBC, the ball sweat situation. Because yeah, that's all he's doing is licking up behind these men. He's he's licking up behind Elon Musk looking for money. Yep. He's licking yep. up behind Joe Rogan because he's got millions upon millions of bros who think like him yep. and talk like him. And then he's licking up behind Donald Trump because of all the people on that stage, Ramaswamy is the only one who could po potentially be the vice president pick. So not going to happen. And, and he thinks that if he flatters Donald Trump enough in this public way, and also he also thinks that he can sit there and insult people the same way Donald Trump does when he tried to go after Nikki Haley's daughter and then half the room booed because half the room is women. And you've just gone after Kristen Welliker and Rona, who I hate, too. Mm -hmm. Then the third woman, you tell her, you know what? You shouldn't even be up here talking to me. You should be at home keeping your baby out for TikTok. Yeah, and you're, I did like, if you didn't hear it, it's worth looking for the clip. The uh, back and forth of when Ramaswamy said Nikki Haley was Dick Cheney in three-inch heels, mm -hmm. which he didn't make up. Somebody wrote for him. I can tell you that. Right. And then and then Nikki said five-inch. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. And I was like, okay, that was a good, that was a good volley back. That was a good volley back. But this is my problem with that moment. 
when you you know when the audience booed the problem with these audiences and the problem with trump supporters in general is i never know exactly what they're booing or supporting right because you think it might be this but then you find out no what they were because they do a lot of booing people booing things that aren't what the sentence is about like like if the person is complaining about hillary they boo because they're booing hillary not that you're saying something negative about hillary Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of these people have a level of political autism where their responses don't make they're not in line with what's happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times. So I wasn't sure where that energy was coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I hoped it was the misogyny, but I really wasn't sure. But I I think that she's right. Nikki Haley, she called him scum for bringing up her daughter. But I don't know if you saw after the debate, Ramaswamy got interviewed and it was what's her name with the blonde D- hair? Donna, Donna Bash. Uh, yeah, Dana Bash. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's Dana, right? Or Donna. It's is Donna. That how you pronounce it. Donna. Um, Donna Bash. She, she, she was like, she, you know, played the moment and she was like, what are you, you know, what are you going to say to that? She called you scum. And he said, you know, when the adult relatives, I was like, oh, look at how her child just aged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Came an mm-hmm. adult relative that quickly because I believe that this child is an adult. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the problem with the whole my children. This is an adult. You don't respect it. They calling in Biden's son just because he's Biden's son, <laughs> you know, on a subpoena. And his brother who looks just like him. No, right? Like it's a little like, are they twins? Were they twins? Like it's Were very they twins. Yeah. It's really no, creepy. It's weird. Have you seen this is so off topic, but have you seen Jennifer Gardner's daughter? No. Garner and Bill uh, and uh, Ben's daughter? No. She looks exactly like Jennifer. Wow. In the scariest, most J-Lo must not be able to handle this way. Because it's like, it is, I thought it was her. And then I was like, oh, whoa, wait. Something's a little bit weird about her jaw. And then I'm like, oh, that's not her. It's like mm. that. I thought that was off topic. But I thought that, to me, what I found, one of the things I found fascinating was that the first 90 minutes of this debate almost entirely was on foreign policy. Yes. And when I tell you, I've been like, what's the deal here? And then, you know, when you're when I was watching it, what I realized in the debate watching it was, because I didn't learn anything about issues. I just learned to understand some of this pl- alleged platform's crazy. Um, their cray form. And um, in their cray form, they seem to think what i see is the only place that they can get agreement and be in lockstep with any part of the the american people is potentially foreign policy mm-hmm. because they're not for gun control they're not for uh free access to abortion care they're not for health care they're not for minimum wage increase they're not for they're not for um a better look a, a diverse uh you know police systems they're not for any justice reform they're not education for education, education isn't, even, isn't even safe no education they want to get rid of public education really frankly so it's like so they can't have they don't want to have discussions in those arenas because they do not agree with the public and they can't get votes on that so what they want to do is talk about foreign policy because they can get people, uh, they can get this sort of vague area where people in the Venn diagram can join up because they don't like the idea of us giving money to any other country right. for any reason. China, you know? or we can get mad about China, you know, uh, you know, who, you know, so, you know, watching Nikki Haley and uh, Ron DeSantis try to, you know, you know, argue who has been cozier with the Chinese. Look, 
The reality is when you are running billion dollar economies, you are working with people from all over the world, all kinds of investors, you know, but, and, and to act like you weren't courting if you were governor, mayor, or mm -hmm. whomever, as much business into your city and town that you could, don't act like you don't. Exactly. But this is the thing. They are in the business of lying to your face. You know, that all of these people like to lie to your face. And um, I tried to look up the fact check on the debate. And let me tell you what you don't have time for. Uh, because I went to USA Today because they generally will have like a, but the thing is every, they had to, there's so much wrong in the debate that they've divided it up into topics and each topic has its own like portal. So it's like, <laughs> it's like immigration lies, you know, like foreign policy lies. But, and they've had to separate it out like that because there's so much inaccurate, misrepresented, so, you know, like it's, it is watching people. I am sick of Kristen Welker. I don't want to see her get insulted, of course. But but the reality is, I'm I'm sick of these people allowing the misinformation. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, that's not running a debate, right? That's just that's calling on people, but that's not moderating, right? Right, right, right. And speaking of also people, Christy and Scott are now the fringe candidates, which is. Hilarious Let me tell you something. I know what you really wanted to talk about. I'm surprised we didn't start with it. Biscuits? No, Biscuits Girlfriend. Ooh. Biscuits Girlfriend came to the debate. Did she? She did. We finally got to meet Mindy. Her <laughs> name is Mindy. I can't, I'm, I think I wrote it down over here. Mindy something or other. Uh, mm. But Mindy, I didn't, I think it's Noach. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like no say, something like that. Mm -hmm. Mindy or Miss Mindy, and let me be respectful. Miss Mindy, let me tell you about her biscuit love. I think that she, I think she may love her some biscuits. Uh, I think hey. she may love her some biscuits. And he's talked about, you know, if uh, I won't be bringing her on the campaign trail, but if I do, it'd be because I'm going to marry her. And, and truthfully, basically, this is a quote, basically a quote, I hope that happens. Yeah, so, well, I'm going to tell you something, Mindy. <laughs> you will not be jumping the broom this a year. <laughs> okay, no. baby. And uh, let me, Mindy got free kids. Mm -hmm. uh, Mindy appears to be, although I don't know just from looking at a person, she appears to be white um, mm -hmm. and blondish, although I don't think that's natural. Uh, and Mindy, um, she's a little bit younger. It's like maybe, I don't think it's more than 10 years, but mm -hmm. um, I just thought it was interesting. I was like, you know what that makes me think of? It makes me think of the woman who showed up and was like, I'm Michael Jackson's mama's kids. It has kid's that mama. It, kids mom yeah, 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 yeah. Your kids mama. Uh -huh. Um, you know, remember that lady? They were no, parading around uh was uh all the Not kids. Lisa Marie, the other uh, one. Oh, the no, nurse, the, the nurse, the, one. the nurse. Right, right. right. It, it's it stinks of that. Yeah, I'm the surrogate slash partner. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's you it really does. Having a discussion. Really does. Also, can we talk real quick? little off topic but the speaker mike johnson has this problem too what's up with republicans adopting adults and shit well <laughs> or near adults what, yeah what is, what is that but um yeah so that was a really the the debate was lively 
Could I just say this really quickly? And this yes. is off topic too. When you were talking about what is up with Republicans adopting near adults, that Michael Orr situation got crazy. Dude, we haven't even talked about it. Okay, I know we're being very sketchy. If this is a Republican, this is the problem with the Republican debate. See what it does? You can't even focus on it. We have not had this discussion about your girl. Because we haven't talked about Michael Orr. We have not talked about Michael Orr and that whole situation. Oh, He's not adopted. Ooh. He's not adopted. And all the money they kept and did not disperse and share with him is, I find reprehensible when they were millionaires already and 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 you fucking traded on his on him, life on his, on life his story, pain on his, on his black mama fuck yep. you yeah fuck you and the holy horse you fucking rode in yep. on bitch i i my only the only thing i don't understand is why we didn't learn about this sooner you know like why it I mean, I don't know. Do you know what his situation is? Does he talk to them anymore? Like, No, he's suing them. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure if... Yeah, it's a situation. And you know, I love that movie. White fucking savior. You know why you love her? Because she told you to fucking love her. No, well, not her. I like, you know, I like Sandy. My girlfriend, oh, yeah, We Sandy. love Sandy. That's yeah. not her fault. This is not That's her not fault. Sandy's fault. It's not Sandy's fault that the woman lied about her story. Yeah. And you know what? And, and here's the thing. When it's too fucking good to be true, it's, it's too, too fucking, fucking good, good to be, to be true. true. We've had this. We've had this. Oh, I mean, and, and, I mean, when I tell you right now, right now, I am angry about every piece of emotion I ever showed at every fucking frame of that film. I know. Because I feel used and abused. I feel maligned and taken advantage of. Which tells me how bad he must feel. How, how bad does he feel? I'm telling you. Because he's the one they did it to. And it and made, made him look like an ignorant oaf. I mean, when I tell you. Yeah. The disgust I feel over that. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what I, you know, if it helps at all. He did live in their house. They did physically take care of him. They did. It seems like at least for a lot of that emotionally take care of him, even if it maybe was deceptive. Did did they? This is my question. Did they take care of him? Or well, did they hire themselves said, a black buck that I they know. put in a situation that benefited them? Tell the fucking truth. I think the real problem here is that nobody asked the candidates last night, the other night at the debate about it. Thank you, Angela. Thank you. Let me Nobody. get back on topic. Let Nobody. me get back on topic. Nobody said, Ramasami, what up <laughs> with the Michael Orr situation? Girl, did I did I not go left and kept on going? But this is the problem. You feel it passionately. I feel it too. But this is the I'm sorry. problem. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. To them and we're trying to. We have it written down here. And we have been trying. I have gone off topic like four times. You just had to get your soapbox out. And we were nowhere near because they are not interesting. And the only way that any of them have a shot at even losing getting on the ticket to lose to my president, Joe Biden, is if Donald Trump dies. Because yeah. I don't think being in jail is going to stop him from running. I don't either. And I don't think being in jail is going to, that, that anybody, including the Supreme Court, might be willing to stop that election. Do you so, know, 
a year ago, a year ago, I did with my level five, a scene uh, before he was indicted about Donald Trump running the country in jail, right? Oh, he'll trademark America. It will be a company. And I, I can't tell you how prescient that might be. Well, let me tell you something. It's a little hard when you got over 90 federal charges against you to think that you're going to clean sweep your way out of out of the popo clinky clinky i don't think <laughs> clinky clinky i don't think there's a way out of popo clinky clinky for papa orange i don't i don't the odds are not in your favor boo boo odds are not in your favor district orange not in your favor Oh, and him walking out all week. Oh, oh, this is a shame. Okay, okay. How do we get, all right, we're just going to fuck the debate. It's over. I like, like, okay, can we talk about Trump's testimony for just a minute? How did he manage to get the windmills? I don't understand that. I really wish that this was televised. Like, I really wish the New York trial was televised because that alone, I was like, because when you read it, it just doesn't do it justice. You know what I'm saying? This is my other issue, too. The explosion that he had on um, when he Monday. was on trial. Yeah. When, you know, I still don't feel that people really did explore that because that's violent. It's crazy. Can you? But it's a, if you didn't say your honor, you'd be in trouble. That's Can what you saying. imagine? What would happen to your black ass? <laughs> okay. If you sat up in a courtroom and did that, called yeah. the judge, um, said the judge was insinuated and directly said that the judge was biased against you, that this whole proceeding was ridiculous and stupid. That And that the fact is, also, I do want to, but you'd be in jail. You'd be in contempt. There's yes. no way you wouldn't. Right. But on top of this, what I find fascinating is I really wasn't sure about this, but after this week, if you the Trump testifying on Monday, I think there's a distinct possibility that he doesn't know he already lost that case. I think the lawyers haven't told him, and you know he don't read. I don't, because he keeps acting like there's something to win. And all there is right now is to get this judge to not take too much money from you. You know what, Angela? Angela, he will go out there and he will raise that $250 million by blinking well, his eyes. Let me tell you something about his base. They they pockets don't run that deep. And they're going to start drying the fuck up. But you know what? But there are billionaires. Mike, the pillow guy already done dry, dried up. He done. Yeah. He. Oh, you know what? You know what? If I were a billionaire. If you were a billionaire, let me tell you where we'd all be right now. So okay. Fabulous. Fabulous. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, Listening, you too. She would take you. Fabulous. But here's the thing. When you look at what he did to Mike Lindell. Probably don't even return his calls now. I'm with you a little bit. That's what I'm telling you. The man, the man selling sheets for five cents. He squalls every dime, nickel, mm -hmm. and penny. He called out that man, jingle, jangle. And then kicked him to the curb. Kicked him to the curb. He ain't kicked his ass to the curb. And don't nobody want that, them, them lumpy ass pillows. No. 
No. And you don't even hear his name anymore. No. Where? No. I mean, let me tell you how hard and cold the Republicans are. They are the hardest pimps. Like, they do not care. They don't care. They don't care. You know, but what we care about, nearly 17 months after the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade, and for the second general election in a row, voters in increasingly Republican-leaning states defended abortion rights. That's right. Because that is the will of the people. And... I got to tell you, anybody who tells you that enthusiasm for this topic will wane is, first of all, a man, probably. Yep. And second of all, completely crazy. Yep. And, and I watched somebody, uh, what's his dang name? He's a former politician, you know, he was in office. Mm -hmm. I can't think of his name. He was mm -hmm. on MSNBC. Uh, one of them. I get Chris Jancic and Curry, Katie Turk confused a lot. One of those hosts. He was on their show. I mean, how colloquially. And he was saying he was saying that he, you know, that yeah, this issue's animating right now. But it, you know, in a year from now, I'm like, a year from now, my vagina will still be my vagina. Well, you know what? And that is men. That is men saying, once you your uterus calms down and your hysteria passes, yeah, you will come under tow of what we believe and think, and you will follow suit of how we have presented this idea to you. Fuck you. Fuck you. This election made it clear. If it hadn't already been clear, which it is, you know, 85% of this country believes that people should have either unfettered or very lightly fettered at, at, at you know, ability to get an abortion care. 85% of this country wants gun control. They want common sense gun reform, whatever that means. <laughs> they want it. And these people are not for that. And on Tuesday around the country, we saw Trump went in places. We saw places where Trump had won definitively and unambiguously, like by 13 points, say, held to the no on this anti-choice agenda. Yep. And they and abortion rights were enshrined in more state constitutions. That's right. And in Kentucky, Democratic Governor Andy Bashir won re-election, a state Biden lost by 26 points after making support of abortion rights a key message in his campaign. Ding, ding, ding. Pay attention, Democrats. And in Virginia, Democrats won majorities in both chambers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. So voters okay. in California here, Michigan, and Vermont enshrined abortion rights in their state constitutions. Amazing. And let me tell you, we need it because what we are beginning to understand, what the people are beginning to understand from top to bottom, we need to clean the cancer out of our system. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that people who are Republican, who are moderate and can negotiate who are not bomb throwers, who are not MAGA heads, can't yeah. be in government. I'm not saying I we can't work with Republicans. Yeah. We I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be in office. What I'm saying is they don't deserve to be in the places that they are in, holding down what they're holding down in power and not 
that's not given to them by the people. The inconsistency of political thought is is so disturbing to me because on the one hand, we get to abortion. All of these candidates are anti-choice on the Republican Party, right? Mm-hmm. In the Republican presidential primary debates, all of them. Because, and Nikki Haley, to sort of launder her I, reactionary uh, far-right opinion on abortion, she talked about the states, states' rights, right? The states, you know, you'll see in states, you know, I may not like it or we may not like it, but the states, you know, once they decide, that's the level it should be at. So she's arguing that states should be in charge until we get to things like immigration. And then they want to send the army to the mm-hmm. border, mm-hmm. which is the federal government. They want the army to go into a state, which it can't do. It's against the Constitution, right? They want to do po- to to police our people, but they want to send the army to that, which is a violation of that state's rights. And I and it's you know I look around me and I'm like, you can't. Th- people aren't this. Most people aren't this stupid. I don't know, Angela. I don't know. But what I what I can say is a lot of people are waking up. A lot of people are waking up and we'll be right back after these messages. It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth. Welcome back. You know... People are talking and talking about Biden's age. You know what Biden is over there doing in the Middle East? What, Francis? Getting a four-hour ceasefire during a war. And I got to tell you something. I'm impressed. I'm impressed because it didn't, you know that that was a hard-fought four-hour window. Like, it was like, um, how about, how about, how about 10 hours? No. How about, how about nine, eight, seven? And they got to four and they were like, we out. Let's take four to try to give people a chance to flee. You know, also, I wasn't, you know, in my mind, when they said tunnels under Gaza, Mm -hmm. I saw in my brain kind of like the tunnels we have from Mexico into the United States. Mm -hmm. They said they are chambers that go down stories like that. What's it called? Silos. Yes. I I was like, oh, I have no idea what is happening there. This is the thing. That is. There's 300 miles of several stories underneath the ground. I I so want to see it. And I'm not, I'm not making light of what's going on there, but I just, no. I, I can't, it's, a, it sounds like it might be a wonder of the world kind of thing. Yes. Like, um, uh, and I just, I find it fascinating, but yeah, it's, it's, I think that 
from a from a sort of military standpoint, that's it's a really hard. Um, I don't know what you do that isn't sort of cataclysmic because the problem here is the way that you would clear that is you would bomb, you know, you would like throw grenades in there and that's where the hostages probably are somewhere in there. Exactly. So it's so because you can't just send people in. It's just it's a death trap to send people just in there. That's right, because you you know, it's explosives all over the place. Oh, yeah. And they don't know where they're going. And it's dark and they can be cut off very easily, you know, and it's it's, you know, so the only way forward is to clear it ahead of time, which means hurting the people inside. And my my feeling, you know, and so I look at this and I'm like, they've always known, I think Netanyahu has always known that if they didn't get those hostages out any other way beforehand, that they're going to die there. Yeah. You know, and that that's really awful. <laughs> you know, these people, yeah. I can't even imagine watching what people, they're going through. Those families still be alive. Yes. Watching their families, you know, first of all, you know, I feel the same way watching their families come before people. It's the same way I felt when George Floyd's family had to come before people that all of a sudden this horrific thing has happened to you, your family member, and you are now, you now have to go before the world and show some type of grace and present yeah. your cause to people and ask them to care, you know? Yeah. And, and I do desperately. I also desperately care about every single Palestinian. Yeah. You're not talking about Hamas. <laughs> not Hamas. Every single... 10,000 Palestinians have died so far. And and what we're saying is that their deaths are worth it to get rid of Hamas. That's what this is. What's happening is that covenant. That's what the point we were trying to make last week, like to even brilliantly more succinctly said, Francis, thank you, which is. That if, you know, we do have to ask ourselves that what, what's the price, you know, and, and yeah, Hamas is using them as shields and, and it's horrific and they torture them. But what they've done, this October 7th attacks, and I just, I can't even, there's a part of me that I, I want to know, but I don't know if I can handle it some days. I'm like, you, you know, when we find out what all the horrible things that Hamas did on that day. And continue to do after that day to these people um, from rape is a is a method of warfare mm-hmm. from, you know, torture, physical, emotional, psychological torture. What they did and what they're continuing to do is horrific. There's yeah. no way around it. I can't get my mind around thinking what it might be like for anyone in those being held by them. Which is why I believe we see Jewish people at Palestinian um, support rallies or rallies. Thank you. Oh my God. That was not coming to my head. That's why we see Jewish people at rallies because, and I agree with people saying, I don't want this, but I don't want this. Yeah. Not in my name. Yeah. Not in my name. I don't want anybody. And that's how I feel as a human. Don't kill anybody in my name. Not it's never. Just, it's so, you know, vengeance you know, is 
vengeance and punishment you know they they're not productive in terms of a way forward unless your plan is for there not to be anybody in that group and and, and here we go because if you, this is the thing as hamas is yes their agenda is kill all israelis get rid of israel kill all jews that is their yes that is their evil disgusting genocidal program does that mean it's okay for it to be ours or or israel's Exactly. And then the House censured the only Palestinian American in Congress for her comments about the Israel-Hamas war. Uh, Democratic Representative Rashida Tlaib defended her use of pro-Palestinian rallying cry from the river to the sea. And now here's the thing. I can't defend this or speak up for it because just like the N-word, yeah. it means something different to me depending on whose mouth it was coming out of their intent, how, yeah, their intent, et cetera, et cetera, where we are, what's happening. I can't tell Jewish people not to, to fear, feel fear when they hear from the river to the sea. I just, you know, I feel like the, the, what we're looking at, I get, uh, let me put aside what I think about Rashida. Cause I got issues with her, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, does she have the right to say that? Do they have the right to censure her for it? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I think she has a right to say that. I don't, I don't know that the censuring makes sense to me because yeah. the problem though is that again, I've heard that rallying cry in other venues, you yeah. know, not Hamas. I obviously don't hang out with Hamas. So, like, I, you know, but and so I didn't think, I didn't realize that people prior to this, I didn't realize that it's using that, that it, where it comes from. Exactly. That's why I was and, like, I can't, I can't speak to that. You know, so to me, that's new information. And, yes. you know, if I've used, and I have never said that phrase, but if I had, I would have been saying it ignorantly without that's the information right. on its, its etymology. And that's, you know, with her, obviously, I don't think you can say that, that she's not necessarily, I, I think it would be weird to suggest that she doesn't know that, but she might not. Um, but what I do know is I just sort of, I, you know, I feel like they can get together to do that, but not to fund thing it what? not to fund support of Israel. They can get together to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's right, like, right, right, right. What's the right. bigger issue here? What Rashida said or sending help to Israel, you know, like what, or to Israel or Ukraine, but that's what you get done. That's what you get done. Also, I have to say this, and this is what I was trying to say last week. It, there used to be a time in America where things were just so black and white, so black and white that we horrifically put Japanese Americans in um, camps okay, yeah. during the war because mm -hmm. we didn't trust them. What, the world is smaller and bigger at the same time now. We don't we don't get to look at Palestinians like the other and all hate them. And that is to me what has happened that is different about war. This is a different moment in war than I've ever seen in my lifetime. In my lifetime, I have never of course Egypt going to war against Gaza is mm -hmm. like a sledgehammer using a sledgehammer on an ant. 
You mean Israel? Okay. And I'm sorry, sorry. And yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I say Egypt? I'm sorry. Yeah. Israel going to war with Hamas is like a using a sledgehammer on an ant. Okay. And saying that you're going to, you're going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do some surgery on this ant with this sledgehammer. You can't do it. Yeah. But this ant managed to pull off that attack right. that looks like it was done by an elephant. There it is. And there is, this is the problem right here. Yeah. And so it, this is the problem. Always, every step that Israel makes, because it is a country, because it has, you know, a military, because resources, it's yeah. in resources, because we can see what it is doing, it's going to always be worse and look worse because you cannot extract these people like that. No, you cannot. That's the problem. We're trying to do surgery with tools that are, this is not the way we're going to get this done. It's Here's the thing. It's going to be a massacre in any which way. That is the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and acting, trying to act like that isn't happening and it is, but, and, and that, and that this doesn't hurt us as humanity. And that what we have to find on this earth are better negotiating skills, which is why I'm going back to day one when we started talking about this. You cannot negotiate with Hamas. You have got to start right now. Israel has got to start figuring out who is going to speak for these people. Yeah, and I think that's what Anthony Blinken, Anthony rather, Blinken was talking about. So, yeah, I, you know, Angela, for me, uh, this person is in Congress and they have a right to share that POV on the floor of Congress since we are we are funding the deaths of these people and saying that the reason that it is okay for them to die is to get rid of Hamas. Yeah. I don't know if that is the I know it's not the final word on on this situation, but it's our final word today. It is our final word. And no, it's our, it's emails, emails. Don't forget your emails. We want to thank you for writing us at frangela08 at gmail.com. We do answer our emails. Thank you. Thank you. This first email is from Lisa, or you think it's Lisa? It's not Lisa. Lisa F. She wrote, I just have to say how much I love y'all. I've been watching that cameo I had you guys make for me for almost a year. I asked y'all to be my hype guys for me and boost me up. I was having some trouble seeing my own light. Y'all, I got so boosted that I ended up getting two promotions and almost doubling my income in less than a year. I've been at this redneck law firm here in Dallas for more than eight years and trust these fools had their foot on my neck. At the beginning of the year, we got a new operations manager, a lady that I immediately vibed with. Now, because I have been seeing for myself what y'all told me about me, believing in myself the way y'all said that I should, I was able to convince her that I was so much more than what she could see, that I could do so much more than 
I'd been tasked with. And she bought it. She believed what I'd come to believe, that I was worth the risk, that I could be the next great player in this legal game we play. Because I believed what y'all said about me and let that feed my spirit, I'm going places in this world. Gotta say, best 20 bucks I have ever spent. Ever. All love to the both of you. Lisa. Oh, it's Lisa. Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. I said her last name. Lisa F. Yes. Thank you, Lisa. We love you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Next up, Gino C. Yay! So, I saw you guys at the Saban the other night, a mix of comedy show and pep rally. Black, female, and funny. That's right. Said we're like Abbott and Costello. Don't leave that out. I, you know what? It's cut off. Oh, okay. It says you're like Abbott and Costello if they were black, female, and funny. Oh, wonderful. That's a perfect compliment. Love it. Thank you. And this is Saul A. It says, hi from Australia. Hi to you both from Australia. I'm an Australian who's getting my life back together after serving in the military for just on a decade. Like most veterans, I've suffered depression and PTSD. I'm getting better after receiving the help I need from government, for which I'm most grateful. I have now found a good full-time job helping other veterans. And when I'm driving to and from work, which takes an hour each way, Frangela is the only thing playing in my car. That's two hours of Frangela every single weekday. I especially love Idiot of the Week. I have bought the third version of The Mindful Thief. Smiley face. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the third version has a really great mm. um, forward. Yeah, and a good workbook, too. Yeah, good workbook. John the Wasp founder did some excellent work on that workbook. Mm-hmm. Um, and could I kindly ask that you send a copy to my ex-colleague who is featured in the following New York Post story, <laughs> as I think he needs it. He sent us an idiot story, which we will be doing. Also, as it's hard to get a gun in Australia, could you also kindly add plastic guns in your book, such as in this story? But in seriousness, I'm anti-gun like most Australians. I truly love you both very much. And if I was straight, I would marry you. I love you both so much and all positive energy from Australia. We love you too, Saul. Saul, thank you for your service, Saul. And we're so glad you're getting better. And thank you, thank you, thank you. We adore you. Mm. I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. And thank you for listening to The Final Word. It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth.